New Year, everyone, and thank you. Today is Friday, January 6th, and we are very excited to be here today. This is our number five podcast. Alexis and I have made it five podcasts, so thank you to everyone that's listening. <laughs> to all the doubters and all the supporters. More. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We are your hosts. Um, I'm Shelley Ellis. I'm the general manager of the Visalia Convention Center here in sunny No Snow, California. And <laughs> Alexis Bergren with the, sorry, the New Orleans Ernest um, Memorial Convention Center. And she's the director of event services. And I'm going to take it up to Alexis to introduce yeah. our topic and guest, please. Absolutely. So today we are sharing our best and, of course, worst stories from the holiday season, with which we've just gotten through from, from some nightmare events. I'm sure we've all had to the successful events and then what our staff does to celebrate either us with our staff or just in general. And we are so excited to have a comrade in arms from the membership team with us. We have Darren Davis. Darren is the Vice President of Entertainment of the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So we are looking to some fantastic stories from him. And uh, please, those for listening, gosh, jump in and share any of your own stories. Uh, we, we love a good venue horror story or venue success story, all of that. So without further ado, I want to say, hey, Darren, how how you doing? And how were your holidays this year? Did you get to see friends and family or were you stuck at the building the whole time? Well, we I, I mixed a little of both. We worked uh, worked a lot over the holidays, both Christmas and New Year's, but uh, managed to sprinkle some family time in between. Excellent, excellent. And so what events did you have going on this year there at the Mandalay Bay? Oh, just a few. So I'll take a shameless uh, <laughs> moment to do a shameless plug about our newest and, and brightest venue that uh, we just opened at uh, MGM. We've got the new Park Theater that just opened. It's a 5,000-seat. Uh, venue that uh, opened uh, mid-December, and over uh, New Year's weekend, we actually have, actually Christmas, we did both Christmas events and New Year's uh, over there. We did, um, uh, believe it or not, on Christmas Eve, we did a Chinese event with Fish Leong, and that hot uh, Chinese artist Fish Leong. <laughs> I couldn't understand a word that was going on, but uh, we did a great, great night, did about 6,000 people over there, and and then the very next night on Christmas night, believe it or not, uh, which is something that's actually pretty popular. I don't know how much it happens around the country, but here in Vegas it seems to happen every year around Christmas, is to do a Persian event. And that is something that uh, I've you know, been, been in Vegas now almost 14 years, and I would say 12 out of the 14 years we've had an inquiry uh, from some Persian event promoter to do an event on Christmas Day. Uh, it's kind of a tradition to do Persian-oriented events uh, on Christmas Day. So we actually got to work on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day uh, on uh, on that weekend. So that was kind of interesting. You know, that's very interesting. And Shelly, I'd be curious what about your part of the world. But I, I'll say, Darren, when I was in Los Angeles, um, when I was with the Dolby Theater, we had a lot of interest around Persian events as well during during the holidays and, you know, celebratory times of the year. So, yeah, that's, you know, while, while it's... It, probably strange to some folks in different parts of the country. I certainly know what you're talking about. Shelly, have you seen that kind of sort of uh, trend in your area around the holidays? We have a popularity of um, Indian weddings, you know, especially on Sundays, but I think the 10 plus years I've been in this industry, I have not had an event on Christmas Day except for the occasional church service. 
So oh, my Christmas. staff would be like, what? Christmas Day? I'm like, hey, we're open 24-7 if there's an inquiry, but I have so, rarely worked. Yeah. I'm, I'm so... I'm so glad you said that because Darren, I was as you were, were talking, I wrote this down and I, I wanted to ask you. We you know, here in New Orleans over Christmas we did um the NOLA Christmas Fest and it's actually a, a, a an event that, that the convention center produces and it's very family oriented. We actually bring in a, a real ice skating rink and amusement rides and it's it's you know geared towards getting folks, you know, to the building over the holidays to celebrate Christmas, but it does go over the holidays. I mean, we're here working Christmas Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, up right until New Year's. And so Darren, you know, having gone, you know, had the same experiences on the, probably even a much larger scale, how do you keep your staff motivated during the holidays? Because, you know, I, it's it's kind of tough to work in getting time off and being with friends and family, but also, you know, meeting the needs of the guests. How, how do you guys a a attack that? Yeah, you know, fortunately, I mean, this, this particular one being the what was the literally the second and third event at uh, our building, we've got, I mean, we've got a bunch of buildings that we operate here in Las Vegas. We've got three arenas. We've got the theater and the two festival lots. So chances are we're going to have our staff that uh, either our outsourced staff or our internal staff and our, even our management staff are going to be working over a holiday at one of those buildings, if not multiples. And when we shift into New Year's, I'll tell you what we did on New Year's. But, you know, Christmas, I mean, what we did to try and motivate the staff, this was the only venue that was operable on Christmas this year. Um, you know, we uh, being the second event, everybody was still excited about working. They were, uh, you know, excited about being there and so forth. Um, but we we did a potluck. I mean, we said, hey, let's make it let's make it fun. So we had a we had a potluck on Christmas Eve. We, everybody brought in food and did the traditional thing of having the leftovers the next night. And so uh, you know, just trying to do that, we did a little small gift exchange. I mean, it was it was it was kind of fun. We kind of made it a little quasi family event for those full time staff and the and the on-call staff that we have, uh, you know, knowing and, and, you know, we publicly recognize the fact that you're making a commitment to be away from your family and how much we appreciated that. But believe it or not, there are events that happen on those holidays. I mean, all you got to do is turn on the TV and see how many basketball games and how many football games and, that, you know, all those things that happen on these on these holidays. And so it's not isolated by any means. Every, every If you're in this business, you have to work when other people are playing. And that's just kind of what happens. And, and so that's kind of the mindset of you. If you're committed to the industry, you know you're going to work when other people want to play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you, I mean, you nailed it. It's an opportunity to have fun, bring your staff together and celebrate not only each other, but the time of the year and just have fun and relax. But I noticed you have to plan these events early. You can't wait till December 1st and like, oh, we need to do a potluck, we need to do this. And so it's, I think this conversation is great to remind people, hey, make sure you do this for your staff. Say thank you. They're, they're, you know, we did a cookie exchange, and so, hey, bring two dozen cookies. You go home with a variety of cookies you can share with your family and friends. And so take oh, that's fun. Baking and um, celebrate New Year's Eve with a cider toast at midnight. <laughs> no alcohol. <laughs> so, but. Definitely an yeah. opportunity yeah, to have fun and bring everyone together. Yeah, and the sooner you can get that out to the staff, that they can make those plans and commit to, you know, you got to kind of break it into the rest of their family. If, a, you know, a husband has to tell a wife and a wife has to tell her husband, hey, I'm going to be working that night, get that word out to them as quick as you can, the schedule out early, and they can plan around it and plan family trips and things to make accommodations for, you know, their work schedule. So getting it out there early is, is a key, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I was certainly thinking about our 
our industry comrades, you know, on Christmas Eve watching the football games and the basketball games, like you mentioned. So lots of people out there working really hard. And, and you know, oftentimes for some of the, you know, you mentioned church services and, and um, you know, Darren, we were talking about the, the Persian events. Um, you know, I, I can speak from experience at a smaller venue I worked at right at the early part of my career. We did a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses events during Christmas and New Year's and, and some of these other holidays because obviously the building was going to be dark or, you know, at that particular venue would have been dark um, if not for their interest in, um, in wanting to hold events. Um, during those times because they, you know, they, they celebrated, um, well, they, they don't necessarily observe those kinds of holidays. So, um, you know, early in my career, of course, when you're just starting out, then you're the one that gets to be at the, at the venue and, and uh, hang with them, make sure that their experience is good. And so, yeah, no matter kind of what, what part of the scale you're on, you know, there's going to be some, some level of commitment there. I actually told Shelly, I did write a song about that experience, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to sing it. I'm not going to share that. Maybe, maybe we'll do that as like the closing loop or something when, when we end the podcast. I think you should do it for the live show at Venue Connect. I think you should just <laughs> grab the mic. And just, I think you should interject every once in a while with your song just over the loudspeaker of the show floor just so everyone can just, you know, just enjoy well, you know? Just to, just to give you a little teaser, Greg, it, it's, it, instead of I'll be home for Christmas, it's called I'll be here for Christmas. <laughs> oh. I like it. I like yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. At least send us at least send us the uh, the copy on that so we can read along. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, and the exactly. whole show floor re singing with you. Oh my gosh, too, to... too too funny. Yeah, well, I might take I, I might take a I, break for that. No. <laughs> All right. Well, so maybe what? Holding me out Christmas. there real quick. Oh, I'll just throw out there real quick. Um, before we maybe jump to a different holiday, um, one thing we did when we were looking at what type of card or item did we want to send to our clients in the years past, um, this is my first holiday season at this venue, um, there was a calendar that went out. I was like, well, let's do something fun. It was a great way for myself to get to know the staff. We did a holiday video, so a local company that we had worked with previously shot a video. It took about two and a half hours one Saturday, but it was hilarious. It was fun. You know, we dressed up. They put it together, and it's about a minute and 30 seconds, so we e-blasted it out, put it on our social media. But I just want to throw that out there, so if anyone's looking at a new idea for their, I'll just say, holiday card, that was a great option. It was actually less expensive than mailing out all of those. Oh, I uh, bet. Yeah, and it was fabulous, by the way, Shelley. Oh, thank you. It was it, it was fun. So it's it's um, it was take on twas the night before your event. So if if you're <laughs> interested, please go to it, I believe it's on our it's on our Facebook page, or I can definitely yep. email it out. So yeah. check it out. What about course, you, Darren? That's, that's my you... shameless plug, Darren. That's my wow. shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you guys do, Darren? What do you do from from the venue? Do you do you send cards or postcards, anything like that? You know, at my last venue, we used to do that. I I, uh, I just recently joined uh, MGM, so I'm, uh, we didn't do anything this year, but maybe that's a, something I can bring over from past venue experience. But um, we we didn't uh, we didn't do anything and recognize them. But in, at the Orleans, we used to uh, do cards and and uh, you know get a small gift. We would do it for not only our vendors but all of our club and suite holders. We would always have a Christmas party for our club and suite holders. Uh, where we invited Santa Claus and, and had you know special meal. We usually tried to tie it right in front of an event, so we got a better attendance at it. Where we just sure. you know, oh, instead of 
So just put it right on the right on the you know an hour before doors, we would do a special catered meal for all of our club and suite holders. Uh, pick up an appropriate event, and then of course you know that kind of hurts your per caps upstairs. But hey, it's just one event out of the year. But we did a nice spread right. for them and invited Santa, and and it was a great decorated the decorated the club level up there for Christmas. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. Ah, very neat. Well, very neat. Well, so let's move let's move past Christmas. Uh, you mentioned New Year's. You said you were going to get into something that had to do with New Year's, Darren. So I'm dying to know what that is. Uh, How did y'all celebrate New Year's? As you can imagine, New Year's in Las Vegas is kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> they uh, they shoot fireworks off of six or eight of the roofs of the casinos, and uh, and you know all the venues are activated throughout the town. And you know we've got the four venues. We've got the T-Mobile Arena, the new Park Theater. T-Mobile just opened in April. Park Theater opened mid-December, and then we've got the MGM Grand Garden Arena and the Mandalay Bay Event Center. And so this year, um, you know, I think out of the last 14 years that I've been in Vegas, I actually worked on New Year's Eve once. And so I have a feeling I'm going to be working every New Year's Eve now that I work for MGM. <laughs> but we had all we had all four venues activated. We had uh, and and similarly start times and ending times, which kind of was a parking challenge for us and things like that. But we had Luke Bryan on the 30th and 31st. We had Maroon 5 at Mandalay Bay on the 30th and 31st. We had a UFC fight at T-Mobile on the 30th. Right. And we had uh, Bruno Mars at the Park Theater on the 30th and 31st. So oh my if gosh. you can imagine wow. and coordination and staff resources and, and logistically, these venues are all, if you're not familiar with Vegas, the, these venues are literally uh, like three-quarters of a mile or a half mile away from each other. They are extremely close to each other. The Park Theater and the T-Mobile are probably 50 yards from each other. I mean, it's it's crazy how, and maybe it's 100 yards, but uh, they're literally right across the street from each other. So the logistics of planning, having all those events up and running at the same time, from allocating your staff appropriately and even your full-time staff appropriately and parking and, and all the things that go into that. but just a fun story about Luke Bryan. So Luke Bryan did a public event on the 30th, and then overnight the staff converted and transitioned that by stripping all the chairs off the floor. We were going from a public event to a casino private event where we invited all of our top casino players to come and enjoy that on the night of the 31st. So overnight it went from a seated public event to a banquet style with carpet, with added decorations, with added lighting, uh, all of that got converted overnight in about uh, eight to ten hours, so that was a huge undertaking. And then just you know the yeah, just the sheer logistics of you know doing the two back-to-back -back events. And, and Bruno Mars was the first of many residency shows, and like I said, that was literally the the uh, what would have been the fourth and fifth show at the venue. So it's still being broken in, and uh, but it was it was an exciting weekend. And of course, you throw the fireworks in at midnight on the 31st, um, and then I had on top of that all the ancillary parties that happened at all the venues, and then even inside Mandalay Bay, we had multiple casino parties and activation at all of our lounges and all kinds of fun stuff happening on the property. Yeah, well, and just people, just people everywhere, I bet. <laughs> I was going to ask, I mean, I, I don't know, I mean, obviously Vegas is a big town, and you're close to even, you know, you probably draw from Los Angeles, but you mentioned resources. Do you ever find during, you know, 
peak times like that that you're short on staff or law enforcement yeah. or anything like that? Because we, we run into that, to be honest with you. You know, when we have our, just our, our largest events, we, we, we struggle making sure that we've got, you know, the proper coverage. Yep, absolutely. I mean, we, we strategically divvied up responsibilities. We've got a couple, three stagehand companies here in town, and we uh, strategically assign certain companies to certain venues. Uh, we have certain staff, you know, a couple, three staffing companies that work in the town, and we've strategically contracted with them so that we can share resources so we're not dipping from the same pool. But you talk like Metro, um, you know, Metro, the police department, they will not take any special assignments on New Year's Eve. Every single officer that works on the police force is not allowed to work extra board or any particular event. So we have to be kind of cautious about what we book on New Year's Eve knowing that it's going to be reliant upon the venue security staff and we won't have any support from the Metropolitan Police Department uh, to, to do any support mechanisms there. In fact, we had an incident where guests ended up calling on their own to, to try and get an uh, get a officer to respond and we advised her that it wouldn't happen and she called like it, you know, take, it was an emergency situation. She was just wanting to make a report of an incident and, and it was like, you know, two hours later before the police officer actually responded because uh, it was like 1240 before he came and we told her, you know, don't expect him to get here before midnight because these guys are fully committed to what's happening on the strip. So um, it's kind of an interesting week. But yeah, we have to be really careful about what we book and when we book it uh, based on that and, and, and knowing that we're not going to get certain support from certain people on, on high-profile events. That's really interesting. So who provides like your arresting powers then? Is that something that, that the venue security can, can and does do or is it a contracted security company that can provide those kinds of services for you? Yeah, so the, the property security department would have an, the opportunity to, to, to detain the guest until uh, the police department was able to arrive. Um, but, uh, you know, that that's fortunately uh, that night here at this venue, we didn't have to do that. But if we had had to, we do have a holding cell here. And that happens every day where our security will hold and detain someone until Metro can arrive on any given day because, you know, they may be in a different area or on a different call. But we're able to hold and detain until they get here. I don't think I'd want to do that holding cell. That sounds kind of scary. Because <laughs> <So>. oh. <laughs> they have padded walls, and I'm thinking of the movies. <laughs> yeah. And health. What are you talking about? That, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I guess, Shelly, what he's saying is we won't be booking any electronic dance music events on New Year's Eve at uh, Mandalay Bay. I think that's that's. I'm reading between the lines there that maybe there we can't do that. My my <laughs> New, Year's, New Year's event was much, you know, more boring. You know, it's you know, 400 people and a lot of fun, but <laughs> no fire. Well, tell us about it. What what was what was what were you what was up to, what was up to and what was going on in Visalia on New Year's Eve? In Visalia, it it, it happened 20 plus, about no oh, no sorry 10 plus years. It's a a band and dinner and hors d'oeuvres and of course drinking involved. But no, it's a it's a very fun night and you know very loyal crowd. But it's about 400 people and we also had a quinceanera that night as well. So oh wow, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But the quinceanera had a lot of bling, so it was it was it was a great night. But you know can't compare to to Vegas. You know I I'm a UNLV alumni and. The years that I went there, I never was there for New Year's. I always went back back home to Washington to celebrate the holidays. But I, I have to make it back there for for New Year's celebrations one day. So. 
I know. Well, gosh, it sounds like the place to be, right? You know, New Orleans is pretty popular. New Orleans is pretty popular over the New Year's. We had a lot of people in town, um, especially for the Sugar Bowl, but we didn't have, we weren't hosting um, really any events that night. We were loading out the Christmas event. The one thing we did host was the, the halftime rehearsal, the, the halftime show rehearsal um, was, was on New Year's um, Eve, but, but the day, but um, we didn't have to necessarily have staff here with guests, which was kind of nice and, and unique, but didn't mean that, you know, I went out and did anything fun. I, I think I ate a sleep of Oreos and was asleep by 1130, but, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Who was entertainment for that for that bowl game? I can't recall. Um, <clears throat> Shelly, I wasn't covering that event. <laughs> I tell you. And I didn't have the dog in the fight either, so I didn't even watch the nope. game. Sorry. Nope, you're fine. <laughs> Oh well, Darren mentioned um, when we were chatting before. He mentioned some great thoughts that he had, and for other holidays now, you know, me moving even beyond New Year's. You know, you know what's the next? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, there there's opportunities to book certain events around certain holidays, and it seems like, and I don't think this is I don't think this is unique to Las Vegas, but it seems like boxing events tend to happen a lot around like Memorial Day and Labor Day, and and those sort of things. I know it happens here in this market, but it, it's bound to happen in other in other markets as well. And you know, it might be something that a venue booking person might want to explore, either a regional boxing promoter or a national boxing promoter, and and make you know make that aware that your venue is available on those days. And you know, not always are we asked to book things on Memorial Day and Labor Day, and so that date might be available. But boxing seems to be something popular during those particular days. Um, it has been for us anyway, and then you know MMA fights. We do a MMA fight. UFC always seems to come to town around Fourth of July weekend all the time. Uh, in fact, they do a, they do a big fight on Fourth of July weekend. It's usually one of their marquee fights, and then they'll they've added since now for the past few years added a big convention that goes along with that. So they'll have a convention associated with the mixed martial arts industry. And then they'll have the big UFC fight over the Fourth of July weekend at some at some point during that weekend. So that's always fun. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I, I know I mentioned earlier. You know, um, the the kind of the community events and things like that. I I don't know. Um, probably, obviously, Darren, your venue is so much more focused on entertainment. I do think, but um, like Shelley, do you all do any um, community feeds or anything like that around Thanksgiving? We do a, a sheriff's Thanksgiving feast here for, um, uh, you know, some of, some of our um, community that may not have some place to go. Do you, do you all do anything like that? We don't. I'm definitely, um, this is my first holiday at this venue, so I'm definitely looking at kind of a week of fun for the community for next year. Not necessarily something that would be revenue generating for us, but um, get a few sponsors, bring them in, and, you know, maybe it's watch a holiday video, maybe it's um, do a gingerbread um, house contest with the kids and have mm -hmm. a breakfast with Santa, but uh, nothing like that. I'd love to hear about your events, how, how you guys plan that and go about doing that, because I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's, you know what, this was our third year, and it's really taken off in popularity, our Christmas Fest. Um, it, the, it, it really skyrocketed when we brought the ice rink in, which, as you can imagine, here in New Orleans, not something um, you know our, our community sees a lot of, ice skating. Um, and it's pretty funny too because we last year we were very concerned about the capacity in the, on the ice because there was so much interest. And then when we realized that, you know, most people around here just just don't have the ankle strength, 
<laughs> they're on and off in about three minutes. So um, we didn't. We were less worried about that this year. We didn't run any any capacity problems. But uh, but no, it's it's a lot of fun. And you know, I will say this about those kinds of community events, and especially around the holidays, that some of our most simple attractions were the most popular. And I'll just give you an example. Um, my my colleague Rose, she came up with this idea to build this sort of enclosed. Um, almost kind of like a cage area with just netting, just using almost like a hockey net. And um, and then off of almost like an Amazon site, bought these just cheap snowballs and some Legos so people could build forts. And I'm telling you, aside from the ice skating, that was the most popular attraction, just the snowball fight. And and you saw people of all colors and classes and, and, and you know, genders. And I mean, it was just amazing, just the... The excitement people had about this snowball fight area, it was fantastic and tr by and large truly the cheapest thing on the floor that we could have done. So um, yeah, very creative, very creative stuff. Happy to happy to visit with you or anybody else that wants to kind of hear more about that. So how did you, did you, how did you bring the snow? Okay, that was my question. Uh, <laughs> well, the snow, the snowballs, no, the, the snowballs were just, um, it was just, uh, they were like washable. They, they were, it wasn't even snow, it was... Um, like a white puff ball kind of thing. It was nothing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, like no, maybe like a no. craft thing, like a craft. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there was. It's called snowballs, but it's it's yeah. I mean, it's just think like an oversized cotton ball, <laughs> but you can there like, we throw go. it in the, in the <laughs> washer. Okay. Yeah. I, it was kind of, now, but I will say our ice rink was purely ice, and we had an ice slide, purely ice. Right. I mean, that was that was built in the old-fashioned way, and. Again, building ice in in New Orleans, as as my as our colleagues in Florida and the other southern uh, you know areas that build ice know, not always an easy feat amongst the humidity. That's the humidity, but we did it, yeah. And we and we crafted a few Zamboni drivers with it. So yeah, a few ice resurfacers found their new calling. So <laughs> pretty great. pretty yeah. No, it was it was a lot of fun. Because it doesn't snow well, ever in New Orleans, right? Well, you know, it's funny. You were talking when when you opened the podcast, Shelley. You were talking about um, how it was not snowing there. It it very rarely snows here, Greg. But ironically, as we load in four shows today, they're calling for snow in our area. So um, I'm anxious to see. I'm anxious to see what that looks like. Yeah, no, we, we're under like a winter weather advisory. It's it's fascinating. Wow, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Rob, Everyone totally. else is saying, take it away. <laughs> What were you saying, Darren? I said, do you have rock salt for your sidewalks? I noticed there was a threat of uh, potential freezing rain here, which is also a rarity in Las Vegas. And all of a sudden, I noticed that our engineers had ordered like four pallets of rock salt. And I was like, wow, that's pretty smart. Uh, but I wouldn't even have thought of that. But, you know, just you don't how to prepare for some. Maybe that's the topic for the next uh, podcast is how to prepare yeah. for inclement when you don't get inclement weather, right? But I thought that was yeah. super smart and right, of our staff to prepare for that. I mean, I'm sure they bought out every Home Depot in town of the rock salt because it's not <laughs> something we use very often. Our well, you can use it for the margaritas if it doesn't snow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right, the margaritas. Yeah, we we, 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 we can raid all the bars in the French Quarter. I think we'll be fine. But, yes, no, yeah, you you're could, absolutely yeah. right. Fun. It's not like we we pull out our snowblowers or anything like that here. And, yeah, so certainly um, that I think I love that topic during the – that's great. I mean, even today with the driving rain, you know, we're chasing, you know, any building is going to have leaks when you've got biblical rain, right? You know, so we're, we're kind of, our poor building maintenance guys are chasing out rain in advance of the storm. And I just keep saying to everybody, like, oh, this is very unusual rain. Like, <laughs> this is very <laughs> unusual rain. 
<laughs> you know, you guys know the talking points. <laughs> I just remember our AMC in Vegas, the, the rain that happened, like a flash flood rain, and everyone, all the locals were freaking out because they had never seen this before in that time of year. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, water was running. Water was running in the door and across the carpet and towards the meeting room. I thought we were all going to flood away. Yeah, oh it was. God. And all the other guys from like the north were like, "This is nothing." It was. It was. It was just fascinating seeing the, the juxtaposition, you know, of of how venue managers react to weather that they've never seen before. You know, so anyway. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're we're coming up on the close of our time here. So I mean, gosh, have we gotten? Are we going to get out of this unscathed without any real horror stories here? I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing fine. awful. Aaron, you have to have oh. something at Vegas. <laughs> I won't leave you with anything awful, but I'll leave you with a unique one, right? So we, okay. and I'll leave you with, I'll leave it as, I'll leave it up to your imagination to, to wander after the podcast. But if you can imagine <laughs> on Halloween, we booked uh, an event a couple years, uh, the Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball. So I'll, right. I'll, let, I'll let you run with that one, and uh, that was an interesting one. So the point of being is there's always something you can build around a, a holiday event. There's if you get creative, if you if you dig deep and and get with your marketing teams and figure out you can do it on a small scale, you can do it on a large scale. There's always going to be something fun you can do around a holiday weekend uh, in our business, which is the nice yeah. thing about what we do. You know, you're you're right, Darren. I'm sorry, but you've just you've totally reminded me of something that you will also find hilarious because you brought up fetishes. It just I just reminded me of something. I know that's a strange <laughs> that's a strange way to transition here, but um, in Oregon, one time we had a kink fest, but it happened simultaneously with the mayor's prayer breakfast. So yeah, <laughs> I'll leave that to your imagination as well. <laughs> um, that's all. <laughs> I well, had very. A yeah, go ahead. I'll just no, close with something real quick, and then I'm back to you, Alexis. Uh, I had a client yeah. concluding a holiday event, which had uh, some incidents, fun and a little bit sketchy, but they had a good night, let's just say, talking to him the next day, laughing about some stuff, and he said, after a holiday party, you either get promoted or you lose your job. <laughs> so I said, you know, you're about right. You either get promoted or you lose your job. So you know, to behave. Happy holidays. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, Happy holidays. Exactly. So congratulations to everybody that made it through their work parties with their positions intact. We salute you yeah. all. And <laughs> and those that may be looking, uh, just uh, log, you know, log on to iabm.org or .com. What is it? .org? .com? Greg, help me out here. .org. Yeah, we're, we're org. org. All right. Okay. okay. And check out the Career Center. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for our best and worst holiday horror story. Best and worst holiday stories. I don't know why I'm just so resolute. I'm putting horror in there, but best and worst holiday stories. We sure appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us this Friday afternoon. And Darren, gosh, thank you so much. You just have so many great ideas and some wonderful stories. I can't wait to hear more. Thank you. All right. I look forward to joining again in the future. Yeah, all right. And one of these days, I will sing you my rendition of I'll Be Here for Christmas. Amen. Look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. As always, Greg, thank you, our illustrious engineer. We appreciate your help. And um, Shelly, I guess we'll, we'll see you next time. Yes, thanks, Alexis. Thanks, everyone.